asking for help. She was a meth addict. She's the girl that had Satan tattooed on her back. I was like, that's a poor life choice. I mean, you know, it just was. And she, because she, the reason I knew that is because she said she had ants crawling all over her. And so she just proceeded in the office to start stripping, which I was trying to, you know, my, I was trying to get her to the bathroom, you know, and she's pulling all of her clothes off to show me because she has ants, because she's tweaking. I mean, that's, she's on meth and she's, yeah, yeah, something's biting me. So, and so she started taking off all of her clothes and there's this big, huge tattoo of Satan on her back. And I'm like, that's probably not good. But we called some places. We got her in. We sat over at McDonald's with her for, bought her food for, I don't know, two hours until the people could come pick her up. Because, you know, people just want help, right? And so while we were sitting over there, Every demon-possessed person in Greenville made their way in and just walk in front of that table. Walk in front of that table. Every homeless person. We are sitting there, and I went, me and Mike were both like, you see that? Uh-huh. Demons attract demons. It just happens. We were like, me and Mike, Mike was like, you sorry devil. So we loaded her up, took her to a place that would let her, that, I mean, out of the goodness of their heart, they were like, we'll take her. Yeah, she can come. On the day that the pastor and his wife were getting married, the woman was coming through, and she picked her up and took her out there. She was out there for one hour, and she had a ride somewhere else. Wasted all day long. All my day? All the pastor's day? You know what I mean? So, and so, so many people are like, why don't we need, they just need help. They just need someone to help them. I have done, I have barked up this tree 150 times in my life and to the point that I, I appear cynical because I am. Because you can't be burned that many times and not be a cynic. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all, anybody ever, anybody ever helped that many people? And see, some people are like, I just want, I just want to help people. Let me know, because the next 10 people I have like that, I'm going to send them to you. Just give me your number. Give me your name and number. See, and, and you say, Andrea, that's, that's, that's harsh. It's not harsh. It's a reality that I've lived with for 30 years. So the point of the, the whole story is this. Unless a person is willing to be rid of their demons, all they are is a suck and a drain. The leech has two sisters. Give, give, they cry. And you feel it. You start to feel it after a while. It's like a parasite is a one-sided relationship. That's it. And so we even here, we come in and we become a part of the body of Christ. We have to make sure that in the body of Christ, we're not parasitical Christians. To where we're just taking in and taking in and taking in and ta feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding until we're, they don't have anything more to offer. We jump off our host and go get another one. You see, because you, you see, the, the whole lifestyle that God has called us into is not of one-sided relationship. The lifestyle that God has called us into is receiving 
and giving and receiving and giving and receiving and giving. And you will never know actual health in the body of Christ until you learn to breathe. And breathing is a one-to-one exchange. And any person who doesn't breathe in a one-to-one exchange, yeah, they're not healthy. I challenge you. Do the little test. Breathe in. You can't do it, can you? Your body prohibits it. Now do the breathe out. If I don't breathe, I'm going to run. It's the same situation on both ends. And so many times in the body of Christ, we are so unhealthy because we do not know how to give out when we take in. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down. See, there's a give and a giving, but you hear that in there? And so when we deal with the demonic, you're like, Henry, what does it have to do with demonic? Everything. There is nothing in this earth, no being on this planet, in this planet, on this planet, around this planet, that is more one-sided and parasitical than a demon. And demonic mentality is give, 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 give. The Bible says, let each esteem others as better than themselves. Better. Preferring one another. Preferring them to who? See, that is the antithesis of demonic wisdom. You don't know there's demonic wisdom? James says that this wisdom of of having, of fighting and quarreling with one another, this wisdom is demonic and sensual. So there's demonic light, illumination, understanding, and there's also godly illumination understanding. And who will the devil use? Anybody that he can get a free ride on. I don't want to be that bus. Do you? Then we want to, we want to assess our life. Know this, never light a candle to search another person's life that you have not searched your own with first. It's just a fact. It's a fact. So now, with all those encouraging words, let's go to Matthew 8. We're going to go to Matthew 8 and Luke 8. But I want you to listen to this as you go. Matthew 8 and Luke 8, same story of the same account, both the demoniac and the gatherings. We're going to read that in just a second. But before we do, I just want to read Ephesians 4. You can just listen to this. Just listen to Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. The Bible says in in 1 John 4 and 4, Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Okay, so we are called to bring the good one, the good one. Who's the good one? The greater one. We are called to bring the great one. Excuse me. We are called to bring the great one. 
Who's the great one? Where's he at? Tim's got him in heaven. <laughs> he is. How's he in you? How's he in you? Yep. <laughs> How's he in you, Tim? He's in you by what? By what? By the Holy Spirit. There we go. So, so we're, we're called to bring the great one to the powers of the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are called to bring the great one. I want you to hear this. We are called to bring the great one to the powers of the world. So here we go. The new man. I just want you to hear this. Ephesians 4. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility or the vanity of their mind. What did he just call them? Morons. Walking, living... I'm sorry. See, I get messed up. The Lord won't let me be ugly anymore. Every time I'm ugly, the Lord trips me up. Okay, I'm going to stop being ugly. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the, oh gosh, ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. So we've got greediness, uncleanness, lewdness. They have no feeling. They have a blind heart. They're ignorant from a darkened understanding and alienated from the life of God and they have a worthless mind I just named them all and the Bible says no wonder no longer walk like they do you used to walk that way how many used to walk that way (laughs) don't do it anymore but, I like a, we need a but there, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him. If indeed, if indeed. So if you walk that way, if, in, if indeed you have heard him. I'm a Christian. Hmm. Okay, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth, you've heard him, but what's the next point after you've heard him and received him? What do you do? And have been taught by him. That's discipleship. And been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct. Former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which was created according to the will of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Put away lying even if it means, even if it's a white lie. Even if it's a little lie, even if it's a lie about being sick and not wanting to go to work, don't practice on the little lies and you won't get good at the big ones. Quit lying. I hate liars. Oh, you can't hate people. I can't stand a liar. I can't stand it. I mean, somebody who, tell me one th- who tells me one thing and then just goes right off and does another. Present themselves to be one thing. I have one rule. One rule. 
Somebody who tells me one lie is a liar. You're just like, Andrea, that's harsh. I grew up around too many liars to know any different. I did. It's never just one, like cockroaches. Where you see one, there's a hundred more you don't see. And you can take, that's a little Andrea wisdom right there. You can take that to the bank. Anyway, put away, that's online. Put away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place. We're going to talk about that word. To the devil, let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Get a job working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. With him who is in need, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification that may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even if God in Christ forgave you, do not give place to the devil. That word is topos, T-O-P-O-S. It's a place, a region, a seat, an opportunity. It means it has a, a locality, occasion, a passenger. Don't give. Who's he talking to here? This, this, this is the church at? Are these Christians? So can Christians give the devil a place? They can, they can let him hitchhike a ride in their life. How many of you want to give the devil a free ride? Some demon? You want to host a demon? I mean, raise your hand high. Show me. When you lie, you just open the door. How many of us, this morning I got up, the first thing I told the Lord, I get up. See, the Lord speaks to me. This is how he speaks to me. I was like, Lord, what is wrong with the world? Lord, what is wrong with the world? Is anybody going to be righteous? Is anybody? God, I was just grieved. I was grieved about the church. I'm grieved about. I'm grieved about the lack of holiness. I'm grieved about the, black, the, mo, the, the amount of complacency. I was grieved about it. I said, Lord, Lord, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know what he told me? He said, Andrea, I have to wipe, you have to wipe the dung out of your eyes before you can see clearly. And wipe the dung off of your mouth before you can praise me. He said, this is how... My church looks. I said, thank you, Jesus. I just, you know, we, what, what, was, the, what was the situation of the church, in, not church, but of the nation of Israel and judges? One word, it tells us, every man did what was right. What is the definition of self-righteousness? Guiding, guiding your life by your own self-evaluation. What is true righteousness? 
How do we achieve Christ-likeness? Repenting and by surrendering our life to Him, giving up the entirety of ours and believing that His finished work was enough by faith. And then we demonstrate our faith by an obedience to the Lord and His Word. That's true righteousness. Anything else, any human endeavors at righteousness is filthy rags. But true righteousness has truly a look to it, does it not? I just read all the, I mean, former conduct and things. I mean, so we have a right to expect that, correct? But it's not derived from any human effort. So I thought we were talking about demons. So, well, when we, when we walk in the flesh and when we listen to our five senses and we discern and decide decide the governance of our life by what we see, hear, feel, touch, whatever, you know, then we are completely closing ourselves off to the governance of God in favor of just the governance of the, of the carnal reality that's going on around us. I mean, how many of us, how many of us, when it comes right down to it, will preserve ourselves over another? How many of us, if the situation arises... We measure our worth above another. We know. We know this is true because we live with ourselves, Right? And so you say, well, Andrew, what's the, what's the, what's the answer? Well, I don't know. I'm going to try to wipe the dung off my face. I'm going to try to stop looking through the eyes of self-righteousness. I'm going to allow the Lord to anoint my head. I'm going to seek the Lord while it is still time. I'm going to, I'm going to do all I can do before the Lord, which is just basically serving Him with a whole heart, giving Him full access to my life in every area and not coming up with some conjuring of some righteousness that I have derived from human effort and tried to pan- panhandle it off as, or as some version of the true thing. I want my whole heart to be wholly His all the time. I want my life to be sold out to God. I want to be a person who the Lord can call on and trust me to stand up in the moment and say, thus saith the Lord. I want to, when he calls, I want to actually be present. I want to serve his body. I want to serve the body of Christ. I want to serve the body of Christ. I want my life to be given in service to you. I want my life to be given in service to you. I want my life to be laid down before Christ in service to you. I 
want my life to be laid down fully in service to you, Nelda, Cherry. I, I want. What do you want? What do you want, Tim? Are you saying that you want your life to be laid down in service to me? Are you saying that, Dolores? Ah, oh, see, it, it's hard for y'all to articulate that. I can say it 750 times. And I'll have to give you the script to say it to me. See what I mean? Because when it's convenient. You know, I don't know if I can do that, Andrea. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could serve my. I don't know if I could serve the body like that. I don't, I don't know if I could be. I don't know if I could exercise that kind of commitment to another person other than myself. I, I don't know. I don't know, Becky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. Okay, so we know. I, I, want, I want that to feel a certain way to you. You know what I mean? I want, I want that to feel a certain way. Like, why? Why do you want it to feel a certain way? Because I want us to, I want us to struggle. You want to feel sick. Why? She said she wants to feel sick so he can tell him, so he can tell her about herself so she can get right. That is surrender. That's a girl getting baptized today. You see what I'm saying? That's... To where you, saw, you fall so out of love with you that you fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with him, as a byproduct, you fall in love with his body. That's, if you don't love it, see, that's the, that's the thing. You can't, you can't fake love for someone. You have to fall out of love with you, fall in love with him, and then the love for his body is a natural byproduct. So you say, Andrea, I don't know that I have that love for the body. Then check the relationship with you and check the relationship with him. See, that's where the flow breaks down. I mean, so many people, we were in a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, Mike? And we were like, Lord, here I am, send me. You started having people pray that. If you hadn't been to a prayer meeting, you should come. I need you there. I thought you wanted to serve me. Oh, shoot. Gosh, dang. It's all right. You can come. You're like, Andrew, that's not fair. I don't care. I'm not trying to be fair. You see what I'm saying? I want us to, this is where the rubber meets the road. Out of the ethereal and into the practical. I mean, I got up this morning with a stomach ache. I didn't call in. It's, I said, Lord, you'll touch me when I start preaching. And I feel great. 
So here we go. Now, we want to, how many of y'all want to cast out? Oh, wait, I want to finish that. Lord, here I am, send me. We're like in prayer, start praying that. Lord, here I am, send me. I mean, it was like the con, we had voices going until we started praying that prayer. Lord, send me, do me, send me anywhere you want to. It was like this in there. Lord, pray, Lord, here I am, send me. It was just me and Mike. Lord, send us to the nation. Send us to Africa, God. Send me to the people, God. Send me to. I was like, why aren't we the only ones praying? Why, wait, why are we the only Did you notice it too, Mike? Why the heck are we the only ones praying? And you hadn't had your mouth touched. If you'd had your mouth touched, it'd just come out of you. Ah, you couldn't stop it. You'd be like, Lord, here I am, send me. Send me. You wouldn't be able to stop. It'd be a compulsion. Not a duty. A desire. So here we go. Matthew 8. Who wants to go there? So we have this, we have this situation. Because who's the greater one? Who's the greater one? Where's he at? What you're supposed to be doing with him? Living in relationship? Knowing him. Yeah, and making him know. So you got the greater one in you. What's the greater one for? To take care of the less great ones. Let's see what Jesus did. Okay, verse, okay, here we go. 628, 828. Then he came down to the other side into the region of the Gadarenes. Two demon-possessed men coming from the graveyard met him. They were so violent that no one could pass by that way. Interesting. And they screamed, what's between you and us? Son of God, have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? There's an appointed time? Now a large herd of pigs were feeding some distance away from them. The demons kept begging, if you drive us out, if you drive us out, please send us into the pigs. If you drive us out, please send us into the pigs. Whose vocal cords were they using? And he told them, go! And they came out and went into the pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the cliff into the sea and drowned. And the herdsmen ran away and went to the town. And a great revival broke out because everyone was so happy to see the demoniac free. That's the wrong version. Let me read. Okay, and the herdsmen ran away and went into the town and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-plagued man. The whole town came out to meet Yeshua, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave. Leave our region. Why do you think they would do that? He thinks they're demons, okay? Why do y'all think? I don't think it's that complicated. He killed their pigs. Make it rain. 
show me the money. Don't show me the Jesus. They're comfortable with the things. They were, I love that. They were comfortable with the things. They didn't want to be made sick. So a demon-possessed guy in the midst of them was really a good thing. Because if you, I'm not as bad as that guy. I mean, he wouldn't let them pass, and that was annoying. You know, when you want to go down and put, and put flowers on Mamaw's grave, there's this, there's this naked guy cutting himself and, and haunting the joint and being a nuisance. But, you know, other than, as long as, Brian, we don't get on his roads. And some do-gooders came along, you know, like Andrea, helping. They found him out by a dumpster. And, you know... Wanted to go help him. Got him into, sat all day with him at McDonald's. Sat all day with him at McDonald's, you know. Wasted a whole day. Could have been getting ready. I had Sunday the next day. We had things to prepare. We sent all day feeding Big Macs to a, a demon-possessed person because they wanted help. Yeah, it's just waste it. Just squander your resources. Oh, demons know the word. Oh, Lord. Yeah, but the... Oh, the people don't know the word. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. People trying to help don't know the word. Understand. So here we have, we have this situation. So we have the whole thing. And why... But see, the whole problem is, is that... Now, who's the greater one? And you see it, don't you? Is there any, comp, is there any competition? Oh, heavens no. So much so no competition that the man who lived in the tomb, see, the tombs were off a ways. They weren't by the ocean. They were off up on a hill. And so when he saw the boat of Jesus and his disciples showing up, what was the man in the tombs doing? What? So it's the man running or the demon? We don't know. We don't. See, that's so complicated. You know what? This is one thing. We can, we can ask Jesus this. This is something y'all can, you can just wonder about too. See, in this, in, go read Luke's account of this much longer. And you'll notice in Luke's account, it's only one man. We only talk about the one man. But see, there's actually two, but one is not as notorious as the other. So Matthew just tells you about um, the, the, he tells you about the two, but there's actually one is the notorious one that Luke and he covers it a little more. And that, that's where Jesus says, what is your name? Here's my question. Here's my question. Who was Jesus asking his name? Was he? You don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's my question. That's how I've heard it all of my life. But then as I read it, I don't know. if the, Could have been the man. See, you don't know. You don't know. Now, the demon answered. And I, I mean, I'm good with that. I'm good with that, too. Uh -huh. So the demon's speaking first. 
And then, and then Jesus, so it, it could go either way. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be dogmatic on that. I'm not trying to be dogmatic. But the man comes out of the tomb, so that brings me back to, is the man running for help for Jesus, or are the demons coming because they know when a greater authority arrives? Now, I know this in being in ministry for 30 years. I have sat right over here, and there's a demon-possessed girl came in on a Wednesday night. Right, Mike? And she, we were having, we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And she, we was sort of an open forum type of thing. And so she raised her hand, and she said, I've been in a healthy lesbian relationship for 20 years. That's how she starts. And the Lord has given me a gift, and I'd like to share it. And we both went, no. No. She said, why? Is it because I said I was a lesbian? Just one of the issues. We'll talk to you after service. So we went on teaching. And then afterwards, we walk over to her. And I'm like, so give me the gift. Show me. And Mike's like, this is me. Me and him are different. He's like, I don't. And she starts going into this eyes rolling back in her head, starts manifesting. I'm like, this is some gift. And Mike's like, enough, stop. And as soon as we said that, we're getting ready to cast the demon out of her, aren't we? Another demon-possessed man shows up. Now, what was happening there? See, there was a greater, see, a, is it collaboration? Is it collaboration? What is it? Distraction? Or is it submission to authority? There you go. It depends. You know what? That, I think, I don't think that they can, Becky. I don't think that they can stop you from coming to Jesus. And to whoever the Lord shall call. Whoever the Lord shall call. But we, we believe that's everyone. But does the Lord call everybody at all times? So, see, there has to be the right, that's what my, that's part of the point. See, there's part of this, there's a mystery still with the whole thing, isn't there? So, I, if you've been called by the Lord, if you've been called by the Lord, congratulations. See, we don't, we don't actually put a lot of stock in that. We in the West have developed a gospel that you can come at any time and you can just do willy-nilly play fast and loose and you can just but the Bible clearly says that no man comes to the Lord unless the Lord draws him when the drawing presence of God is dealing with the heart of humanity that's the time to receive the Lord because I can't guarantee you that that draw will always be there but we have oftentimes presented it like the Lord is some hard up prom date It's up to you to call out to the Lord. Because we, Grace, we are not only saved. We are, we are not, not only, excuse me, have been saved. We are saved and we are being saved. Salvation is not a one-time thing that you did and you checked off some fundamental box. It is a daily walk of faith before the Lord. It is li- it's breathing in and breathing out and breathing in and breathing out. Mostly, mostly he will. And we're, yes. That's that's right. That's good. Yes, ma'am.
Mm. That's still what we call it in this church too. You are saved and then there is sanctification. What is sanctification? It is, it is the process of learning the teachings of Jesus and dealing with the old uh, remnants of the old life. The old, the old pathways that you have in your life and your understanding. And not giving the devil a foothold through the old way. The former conduct. Former conduct. I've got to keep going. We're going to keep moving. So we've got this demon-possessed man here, right? And Jesus steps on the shore. I love it. And there's obedience happening like a dog to a master. Obedience. Greater is he that is in me, 1 John 4, 4, than he that is in the world. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. There we have this. And so whenever I walk into the room, because I have taken off the old man, and I have put on the new man made in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And I've surrendered my life. I am no longer my own person. He's touched my mouth with the coal. My guilt is gone. My sins are no longer remembered. And now when the Lord says, whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? I'm like, pick me. Pick me, Lord. Pick me. Put the microphone in my hand and put the Bible in my hand. And God, let me declare freedom to the captives. How'd you get there, Andrea? I didn't get there at all. He got there in me. And I couldn't stop it because where's the water going to come? Where's the living water going to come from? Out of your belly. And if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need a baptism with fire. Come on. Yeah, I love it. You know, here she said, burn me up. Come on. I want a people that are so willing, have used their life, the leftover carcass of their life, as fuel for the fire. Let God save you to your finances. That's, that's usually where most people stop. That's what they did. Do you see the opportunity they had? Bunch of less smart people. Do you see the opportunity they had, Brian? But they let a few pigs get in their way. How much does a herd of swine cost? I don't know. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? I don't know, but Jesus left that day because he'll not impose himself on anyone. And so here, but you know, here's some of the fun stuff. Here's the fun stuff about the story. Is that I told you, but where did he, where did the pigs go? They don't like the water. Why do they not like the water? Pigs don't like the water or demons don't like the water? I don't. Pigs love water. Pigs don't mind water. Uh, most all animals swim, y'all. Animals are funny. They can, they'll save their life, just like you animals. 
Yeah, that was the judgment. Water's judgment. A, sim a biblical symbol of judgment is water. And so we see them moving into the water. The flooding of the earth was judgment. And that, of course, is where the biblical mindset of where the demons came from, that they were the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. That's the, that's the biblical mindset. How do I know that's the biblical mindset? <clears throat> that's what is quoted in um, Jude and in Peter. But what are they quoting? They're quoting Enoch, which is not Scripture. But it does inform us as to the biblical understanding. So you ask the question, is that true? I don't know. I'm telling you what the biblical understanding was. Jesus doesn't cover it, so I really can't either with any surety. Right. You see what I mean there? But it's interesting to think about, isn't it? It gives perspective as to when we see that story, what's going on, perhaps. Yes? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, no, he walked on here. More importantly, when he walked on water, he walked on judgment. He walked on judgment. And so we see that, that he made Peter also walk on judgment. And greater work shall you do because I go to my Father. I don't know if y'all know how annoying it is when a demon, when you walk by a demon-possessed person and they, and they respond to you. It's happened twice in my life. Maybe more. I don't know. When we were, we were in Sykes Center Mall in Wichita Falls and we were in there and there's this witch in there. I mean, how do I know she's a witch? She just had witch all over her. She was a witch. She, like, looked like. She, like, went to Witch 101 place and, like, wore the outfit. You know, I mean, but minus the broomstick. Not cartoon witch. Like, you know, you'd be like, that's a witch. Legit, you know, yeah, witch. And so she was in there, and she was all, like, and we, it was just us. It was, like, on a, a weekday. We were itinerating to go to Scotland. We had the day, and we were just walking around the mall. And she was in there, and she sees us, and she starts going, I said, you see that demon possessed lady? He said, yeah. And she kept, and she moved, and we'd walk around and just kind of mess with her a little bit. <laughs> we did. We're like, gosh. So that was one time, right? Now, Mike walked into a psych hospital one time in Hot Springs, and there was a man in, a, in, the, um, in the room. He couldn't see the man at all. He was in a chair on the other side of the door. And whenever Mike walked down the hall, this man went, preacher. And Mike went, shut up, devil. Didn't you? Kept walking. And so another time, I was walking out of the art museum in Dallas, and a, a guy crossed the road, and he was so demon-possessed. And as soon as I passed him, he started spitting at me. Going, oh, you be, you be, you be. He wasn't saying be. You know what I mean. I was like, let's keep moving. You want a piece of me, devil? That's fine. <laughs> Mike was with me. He wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> it is. It, no, and it, I, I, I'm just making fun here because you need to know your surroundings because what did that man have? He had a demon, but what also did he have? A body. He had a body and a free will that he was giving over to another entity. So you need to be careful with these things. This is not something you play with. So when we see here, though, but see, I make the point to say this. When Jesus stepped off of that boat, that man was already out of the tombs. For whatever reason, was it the man calling out for help or was it the demon making obeisance? Sounds good to me. Yeah. I'd go either way on that and both. It's fine. We don't. 
And we don't know that Jesus didn't make his way over there just for that one man. And see, and I think I have a tendency to believe he did because what I think is going on is something a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger messaging than just Jesus going, what shall we do today? And throwing a pen, you know, and going, ah, oh, the demon-possessed man at the Gadarenes. See, he left out of Israel. He's out of Israel. What has been going on this whole time is he has been exercising authority over demons in the territory of Israel. Now, see, they understood demonic territories. We understand here that this man said, what did the demon say? Don't send me out of my region. There was a regional demonic spirit there. They had a, an assignment See, because we've already understood that demons are not just some bad spiritual feeling or something. They are intellectual evil. And so they had this place hemmed in, if you will. And Jesus is showing that he's not only Lord in Israel. He is Lord of all. So when he gets in that boat to sail over out of his region and he steps on the shores into another region and now the disciples are seeing not only are demons subject to Jesus in Israel, he is the Lord of all the earth. So he's demonstrating this for one purpose. Who's he demonstrating it to? Hell? Nope, because hell already knows it, don't they? Because they said, they knew it as soon as he got there. They were under, they were under, no, he didn't have to flex. What are you doing here, son of God? Have you come to torment us before our appointed time? He just says, so the whole conversation, I believe, is for the disciples. Illustrative per. Right, to bring it out in the open so that when we are sitting in a church in, in Greenville, Texas in 2024, and we are living in a culture that is by the minute, by the minute becoming more and more demon-possessed. You're like, Andrew, how can you say that? It's true. The internet, the things people have access to on the internet, open in doors of the demonic. They lay their, what is it? Or it could be, maybe, I don't know. That's some, it could be, that's beyond my scope. I don't know, but I do know the things that the, I mean, I think that could easily be used. That's it. So as we look, that's another thing for us to realize too. Who do demons possess? I have also seen, not just living bodies, not just in inorganic material. I have seen people bring back, uh, relics and such from Africa that they, they bought in a market that some shaman had pronounced curses over and brought them back to their home. That's a, that's a possessed, it's bringing an influence into your house. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden you've got like, I've got this thing. Because, I mean, our friend, great friend, he's passed on now, missionary to Africa for 50 years. He, when we went to Africa with him, he said, don't buy anything in the market until I look at it. We're like, why? He said, you don't want to be taking home some demon-possessed God, do you? Nope, I will. Charity. <laughs> we're like, we're, we're all like, what about that? <laughs> That's right. 
I'm like, could I just, I don't even want any of this. I don't want to chance it. And he would tell, because he knew, he had been in Africa long enough, he knew what the masks and the different artifacts and things were, and he knew if it had some sort of a, and even every time we've gone, our missionary always looks at it and says yes or no. And he won't take us to places where they're trying to send you out with fetishes and things like that. I don't want to bring back that, do you? No, who would? So we see these different things, and I'm not trying to freak anybody out because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But I don't want to go flirting with things. I don't want to go delving into areas I need not be. And so as I look at this, I understand Jesus is showing that he's the greater one. He's the greater one. But see, then it all comes back to us. Because where's he the greater one at? So then what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to know him and make him known. And how we're, we're, we're going to make him known through our life. So when he says to go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. How many of you right now, and I want you to be as honest as you can be, and there's no shame here. Right now, if I ask you, how many of you would be comfortable right now casting out a devil? Raise your hand. See, we got a few. And, and that's good. The ones who say they wouldn't, that's all, that's all, and I appreciate that. Right. But see, now, there's, no, see there's no shame in that. It's, no, you won't. You'll do no good. You'll go to jail. Yes, right. They're, keep him straight, Nikki. Keep him straight. I know, I know. Well... Uh, Brian will be our bouncer if things go the other way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, that's what, and I want you, I want you to be honest there. Because we live in a culture that is becoming more and more demon-possessed. Because once the house is clean and swept, and we'll get some of them in these scriptures. Once the house is clean and swept. Now see, what's happened in our culture, how many of you know that we have removed the presence of God? We have removed it. We've removed, the, we, we've removed to a great extent, we are no longer a Christian nation. And the enjoyment that we had because of people who established this nation on Christmas, on oh Christmas, Christian values, we've enjoyed, we've enjoyed, you've, you have all your life enjoyed a certain amount of peace. You have. And, you, and it, you, you didn't know. You, you know, you go to other countries, and you're like, I have to deal with it. You know, I used to do that when we were early on going to Africa and different places. And it's like, man, get me back to America where the demons are not so, you know, demonic and here. And, you know, I go to Mexico, and I'm like, could somebody not be demon-possessed, please? But now I go to women's conferences in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And woman after woman is growling at me. Church ladies. I had a church lady. She was, she was in an apostolic church, and I prayed for her. When I started praying for her, she started doing this weird thing. She started going, ah, sticking her tongue out, trying to lick me or spit on me or something. I was like, whoa, back up. I held her on her shoulders. because this is a, See, this is a person and a demon. And I never lose sight of the person. It's her tongue. No, she, well, I don't, she does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Good Lord. I don't, I don't want that. So here I had this woman. So you're like, what happened with her? I, you know, she'd do this. And I'd be like, and her name, I called her name. And I would say, hey, 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 and I, I knew her name. I want to talk to, I want to, see, that's why I question that. Because when I want to talk to a person who's demon-possessed, I don't want to talk to the demon. I want to talk to the person. That's what I do. I'm always like, you know, we'll just call her name Judy. I don't know. Judy, Judy, hey, Judy, Judy, look at me. Judy, look at me. Look at me. I don't want to talk to the demon. The demon's doing this weird stuff. Judy, look at me. Judy, Judy, it's okay. Look at me. Judy. What? Judy, you want to be free? Yes. Yes. I need you to, you want this demon gone? Yes. Yes. So she's, yes. Okay, I'm going to pray. You just need to say, you surrender to Jesus? Yes. Yes. It's okay. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Judy, I'm going to pray. And I start saying, devil, and then as soon as I start saying that, And you know what I do when I look at that? I'm so heartbroken over Judy. Because this woman, this poor woman, is being reduced to a cartoon character. And she is doing these. She didn't want to do that. She didn't want to look that way. She didn't want, she didn't want in front of her peers, in front of people around her in a church service. She doesn't want to look like she's trying to lick the evangelist. You know what I'm saying? Just like another woman I prayed for in the altar at another time. When I started praying for her, she grabbed my hands and started rubbing my hands all over her body in a, some sort of way. You think she wanted to do that, that, that person? No. Well, they just know that they're so demon-possessed that they, that demon, when, I, when that, they're fighting for control, and there's a presence, the Lord is present, and the same thing's happening. The Lord is present in me, and the same thing's happening. That demon's coming out, throwing a fit. He's coming out, throwing a fit. Right there, yeah. And so, yeah, right, and be afraid, using all the antics, all the antics, all the, yeah, all of it. And see, and that's trying to create the show. And I've learned through the years to downplay the show. Downplay the show. I don't want it. You know what I don't want? I don't want to deal with a demon in front of everybody. You know why? I don't want that person to feel like they have. Would you? You know what I mean? I don't want to show. I'm not. This is about this person. When I'm in Mexico and these little girls who their mothers have taken them to the witch doctor to get a fetish because they want to them to do whatever, attract somebody or this or that or the other. And we're, me and Mike are praying for this little. She looked like an 11-year-old little girl, maybe 12. And she had a pain in her side. She's so sweet. And she comes up. She's like, through it in translator, I have a, I've had a pain in her side. And I thought, and I asked Mike, I wonder if it could be appendicitis. He said, I don't know. And so I said, let's just pray. And, you know, we're going to pray for you, okay? Okay. And we put your hand on your side where it hurts. And so I put my hand over hers. And I'm, <clears throat> and I'm praying. And as soon as we start praying, she starts going, <sighs> and her hand goes like this. And she's going, <sighs> and I looked at Mike, it's not an appendicitis. It's a demon asidus. And so then I have to, now I don't speak the language. It's so hard. Through the translator, I have to find out her name. I have to try to make a connection with that person. And then she starts manifesting her hair and snot and spit. And she's just, they start coughing up, you know, and they have like, you know, and they're getting, and I'm just like, and I don't, I hate it. I hate it so much. And I want somebody to, and, I, and I'm trying to take her hair and smooth it out of her face. And I'm trying to keep her hair back because she's, what if she was my 11-year-old daughter? 
And I don't want snot running down her nose. I wouldn't want snot running down my nose. And so I never lose sight that there's a person. And I've seen grown men hold 13-year-old girls down and her lift them and lifting them up. And I'm like, get off of her. That's still a 13-year-old girl's wrist. Get off of her. If you've got to use your physical strength to do this, you need to go get some more Jesus. No. See, that's the thing. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about flesh versus demon, spirit versus, uh, uh, we're going to talk about person or, or darkness versus demon. And we're going to talk about Jesus versus demon. And we got to go now, right? Yeah. So you, do y'all do you understand what I'm talking about? That you carry the greater one. And I want you to be proficient at carrying the greater one and know how to deal with the demonic. Yes. Well, I think that that's a, there's a lot of theological um, uh, presuppositions that you've packed into there. Yeah, and so, and, and number one, I would say, and that, I understand the heart behind what you're saying, but I would say that Jesus knows, he's, God is om, omniscient, and so he knows everything all the time anyway. And so, regardless of, he, he knew even when he created all of the sons of God. That's the, and then also, your, the presupposition is, is that all the demons are fallen angels. And see, the biblical presupposition is, according to the book of Eman, Enoch, is that the demons are actually the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that were judged in the flood. And then some, but are some fallen angels? Yes, we do know that. That um, we don't know. You say, well, a third of the demons fell. See, the third of the demons that fell, that, that's a, the only scripture that says that is in Revelation. Revelation 11, that a third of the stars fell. That is teaching that you're putting in there. The Bible doesn't say it. It just says stars fell. And you don't know if it's falling then or if it fell before. You see, you don't have enough information to put all that in there. But what we do know, what do we know? We know there's God, and we know there are angels, and we know that there are demons. And we know that we've seen all of that conflict on the earth because that's been revealed as to, as to how they, their etymology or ontological existence of them, how they got there. We don't fully know, but what we know enough to know that greater is he that is in me. And we know that when we are in Christ that we have authority. It doesn't matter if it's a power, a principality, a ruler of darkness or spiritual wickedness in high places or a low-level spirit of infirmity. And that's, see a spirit of infirmity? Low level. We have authority over all of them. And none of us want to be a free ride. But we want to be taking care of what God has called us to take care of. Thank you. Y'all have been great. Thank you so much.